Welcome to the Middle Church Podcast, a multicultural, multi-ethnic, intergenerational movement of spirit and justice, powered by revolutionary love with room for everyone. No matter where you are, how you look, or who you love, we pray this podcast will help you on your journey. Here's this week's worship celebration. Okay, um, my name is Camila Villard. My pronouns are she, her, and I live in Jersey City. I'm Eleni. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm currently residing in Brooklyn, um, but I'm from Oakland, California, and my and also the Nicosia Cyprus. My name is Karen Smith-Long. My pronouns are she, her. I'm currently residing in Washington Heights in Northern Manhattan and originally from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm Soleil. I use her, she pronouns, and I live in Brooklyn. Hey everyone, how's it going? My name is Liz. Um, I'm a she, her. I'm originally from San Jose, California, and I currently live in Battery Park, Manhattan. I'm Danny Knight. My pronouns are she, her, and I live in Los Angeles, California. I'm Jane N. Groom, pronouns she and her, and I live in Brooklyn. My name is Cosme Kyat. My pronouns are she and her, and I live in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I'm Sev. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, and I live in Queens, New York. Sam Chavez, my pronouns are she, her, and I live in San Francisco, California. I'm Angie Pierce Jennings, my pronouns are she, her, and I live in Iowa. My name is Tanya Evans, my pronouns are she, her, and I live in close to Carlisle, Pennsylvania. My name is Dana Fair, my pronouns are she, her, and I live in Bethany Beach, Delaware. Hi, my name is Barbara Johnson, my pronouns are she, her, and I live in Michigan. My name is Brechtje Hartendorf, and my pronouns are she, her, uh, and I live in Brooklyn. Uh, my name is Theron David Cook, and my pronouns are he, him, and we live in Brooklyn. Hi, y'all. It's good to see you. Isn't that amazing? Look at all those new members. New members, if you're watching from wherever you are, you are welcome in this house. We are so glad you joined us. Y'all, my name is Jackie Lewis. If it's your first time here, uh, would you raise your hand? Let us see that you are a first-timer. Hi. Hey, y'all. Hi. I believe that my ushers have something to give you. So if you'll just put your hand up for one more minute. We are not going to make you preach on your first Sunday. We save that. But we're delighted that you're here. Where are you from? All right, mom brought the sun. Where are you from? Hi, Andre. I'm from New York. Hi, Andre. It's good to see you. Thank you. And if you're new, first time on the camera, write in the chat. Let us know where you're at, where you are at, my granddaughter would say. Let me make a couple of announcements to us. Um, uh, first of all, Reverend Natalie this Tuesday is going to the movies. And she's going to the movies because it's the centennial of James Baldwin's work and life. And hey! Um, so let's meet Natalie at the movies. She, it's on the web interwebs and also on her page. How to find and go get, some art, get your art on, okay? Uh, secondly, spiritual 
on the Circle app. Who's on the Circle app? Yay. All right, Circle people, come through. Find that, find that there and go. Spiritual Sounds is next Sunday afternoon, January 28th. The Gospel Choir joins our interfaith partners for a beautiful program of music. What time is that, John? At the Town and, Town and Village Synagogue, okay? How long have we been doing that? Oh, a long time, right? 16 years, yay! Interfaith relationships, let's do that. The next Sunday, the 28th, also, Amanda, uh, Reverend Amanda is working with our partners here at EET um, on immigrant work. This is an asylum dinner for uh, our, our families who are trying to be new neighbors in the neighborhood. We'd love to have you um, volunteer to do that work. So uh, these things are on the website. They are in the bulletin, but I'm highlighting for your education and asking you to take a breath with me. I'm seeing faces I haven't seen in a long time. What's up, faces? It's good to see you. Hi, Joey. Giuseppe Morelli in the house. <laughs> All right. Whether you've been here a million times or if this is your first time, I'm really glad to see you. Let's take a breath. And we'll continue to worship God in our opening hymn, I Love the Lord. Thank you. 
Natalie, that was awesome. Good morning, middle. Now I'd like to invite all the young people or the young at heart uh, with me up to the front. Come on over. Awesome. So Jackie, I took a peek at the bulletin, because I know it gets posted on the website early on, and I saw that, hey, I saw that the scripture today was about fishing, or we're going to meet some fishermen. So, you know I love things, and so I went into my basement of things, and I searched for anything related to fishing. Have you ever gone fishing? Yeah? Okay, I see. I see nods. I see. That's okay. So, let's see what we have. What's this? Oops. All right. Show and tell number one. What? What? What, 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 what do we use this for? It's a fishing rod? It's a fishing rod. Now, there's different kinds of fishing rods, and there's different kinds of ways to catch fish. This is one of them. This is a little bit um, homemade. There's a string. <laughs> I couldn't find my fishing wire, so one day I said, okay, I have a stick. I have some corks. Um, for the handle, and then I have some a, a string. And then at the bottom of the string, there's usually a hook. Yeah, Jackie? And what do we put on the hook? A, a fish goes on the hook, yes. And we use the hook to catch the fish. That's one way. And then sometimes, we use bait. Now let's see what bait is. Do you see that? The fish sees that and they, they, they're attracted to it and they want to bite it. That's, that's another way. And then Jackie, we have this. This is a fishing net. Sometimes if the fishing rod and the string and the bait doesn't work, Sometimes I'll try my luck and use a net. And then, when I catch the fish, look at this. I use this to reel it in. So, Jackie, I came ready this morning. Brought all my props. But then I heard you when we were talking about an hour ago that we're actually not going to catch fish, I heard you say that we're going to catch people. And I got so confused. I was ready to catch fish. Now, I was thinking, I have all these different ways to catch fish, and if I wanted to catch people, what does Jackie mean by that? Catch people for middle, maybe? 
Let's go with that. <laughs> what kinds of people do you think Jackie wants us to catch? Would it be? Let's look around. Who, who do you see? Lovers. Lovers. Love that. What else? Who else do you see out there? Do we all look the same? No? All different kinds of people, right? What else? If we, it's all different kinds of people, but what are some of the things that we share? Our toys? Yes? <sighs> if I wanted to catch people, I would also want to catch people who share toys. What else? What else are we looking for? Could share our food. Awesome, awesome. Let's let's think one more. One more thing. What would we look for if we were to fish for people? Justice. Love, peace, toys, justice. So later on, when Jackie preaches, let's try to listen for some of the people that she talks about when we fish for people. Okay, will you say a prayer with me? Dear God, Dear God. thank you for being here with us. Help us to be good listeners. Help us to be good listeners. Help us to see the good in each other. Help us to see the good in each other. So that we can catch love. So that we can catch love. Amen. Thank you. Let's see Hamba back to our seats. center ourselves and quiet ourselves in, in a posture that is comfortable for you. Let us into a prayer. We come to you, God, because you are almighty, all-knowing, and because you love us. And we need and want your love. Today, we, your people, come to church to praise you and worship you and to tell you in our own way how much we love you. We will lift you up in this dark world 
a world full of pain and hurt, fear, shame, and hopelessness. A world where we can forget who you are and who we are. With our hearts open and our egos humbled, we ask. Holy Spirit, help us to know what is true about us right now. To understand the question of who am I for each of us. Help us have a change of mind about issues in our past and change our conduct for the better. Holy Spirit, you said that there's a plan for each of us. We each have a purpose or a calling on our lives. Author Cole Arthur Rowley states that the question of calling is not primarily a question of what we might become, but a question of what is already true about the self. Holy Spirit, reveal the truth and hidden parts of us to ourselves that hinder us from knowing who we are because we don't want anything to interfere with our knowing who you are. For it is written, and you have said, that we have been made in the image of a mighty God. So, as your people, let us walk in our calling with love and knowing of you, ourselves, and others in the world. Help us to believe and trust and rely on you. Let this be so, Holy Spirit. Please let this be so. Amen. So, please stand. And in your bulletin, let us pray together the Lord's Prayer. And you may pray it in any way that you have learned it or is comfortable for you. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Thank you.
among one another. Let us not forget our members that are online. So please look into the camera or look into the camera at the back of the room and say, come to the mic and say welcome as we pass the peace among one another. Thank you. Peace be with you.
the church, say amen again. All right, y'all. Big old boots on today. Couldn't really throw them at you without injuring you. So kept them on. That was amazing. Thank you. That was beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Thank you John. Friends, today's scripture lesson uh, comes from the Gospel of Mark. You have it on the screen. I'm going to read uh, verses 14 to 20. And this is the beginning of the Galilean ministry. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. And as Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And as Jesus went a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat, mending the nets. Immediately, Jesus called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Someone wrote a note to me the other day, when you sip out your water bottle, uh, we know something crazy about to happen. I'm thirsty. Is really... <laughs> and it's only water. I just thought I should level set. <laughs> and Zane is working on a darker bottle. Less contrast, right? <laughs> it has been a joyful morning, hasn't it? <laughs> staff and musicians. We've had some silliness in here today. We're so grateful for joy and laughter in the midst of a rough time. Amen? Amen. So friends, we've been in Mark's gospel for a few weeks. His declaration that he's documenting the beginning of the good news of Jesus the Messiah, son of God. John the baptizer preparing the way, crying out in the wilderness, in the wild places. Jesus putting himself into John's hands to be baptized, joining in the throngs who want to let go of old sinfulness and turn back toward God's intention in a new way. The voice of God saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And Mark's understanding that only Jesus heard this blessing before he was driven out into the wilderness by the Spirit. That even when we are tested, Mark wants us to know, tested and tempted, our belovedness stays with us, that the spirit is present even in the face of evil. Now, back from the wildness, after John has been arrested for threatening the empire in his radical call to change, Jesus begins his ministry in earnest. He came back home to Galilee, preaching, the time has been fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand, right close by. Repent and believe the good news. 
Now, I've called this sermon Close Encounters of the Kingdom Time because I think that's funny, Close Encounters of the Kingdom Kind. You know, makes me think about movies from my childhood and aliens. But uh, I just, I just want to stay, though, right here for a moment with the word repent. I've been reading a lot of Hebrew lately um, because I just want to understand the Bible from the context in which Jesus was living. And I read an article by this guy named Yehuda Mursky, uh, who's a professor at Brandeis University. I was reading what he was saying about repentance. And he says that the word most often translated as repent in the Hebrew is the word teshuva. Can you say teshuva? which actually more accurately means to return. So repentance is to return to where you've been, to return to the God you've always known, to return to the place where we were whole and holy. Teshuvah is the central theme of that time between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which the Jewish friends call the 10 days of Teshuvah. Say Teshuvah again with me. The Hebrew Bible sees the word teshuva as principally a return to God. Scriptures like Hosea 14.2, come let us return teshuva to the Lord, is what's told to the people of Israel. In Psalm 51, King David seeks teshuva to return to God after he's been knocking boots, I'm sorry, having sex with Bathsheba. <laughs> David's confession is addressed to God alone because... David says, it's against you alone I've sinned, teshuva. Traditional rabbinic commentators have interpreted this to mean that teshuva requires confessing your sins to God. God knows what we've done, and God wants to hear from us that we expect to be different, want to be different, is calling us to be different. And this teshuva is the only way to return to God. But this author reminded me that once the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, or CE, 70 after Jesus, that, that once the temple was destroyed, all of the Jewish practices need to take on a different characteristic, right? You couldn't go inside the Holy of Holies with the priest standing between you and God and making teshuva for you. So there began to be sort of other kinds of spiritual practices to make a roadmap of return a roadmap for spiritual and moral growth. Are y'all with me? In the Mishnah and in the Talmud, which is this big, fat 200 years or so of Jesus' teachings, the rabbis then were saying, rather than going to a temple to say you're sorry, you make teshuva, return, a lifelong practice. Introspection, changing your ways, asking others for forgiveness. One of the rabbis that we studied in seminary and also at the, uh, in Israel travels is Maimonides, and he wrote a big book called The Laws of Return, putting confession and regret in the center of uh, teshuva, moral and spiritual self-cultivation and self-education. In other words, a lifelong practice of saying, here's where I failed, please forgive me, let me have a fresh start, let me start over. Can you imagine if we made teshuva a lifelong spiritual practice? Asking ourselves sort of every day, I'm thinking 
flossing our spiritual teeth, right? You know, standing in the mirror. Well, yesterday I was a bit stank with my colleague, you know. And then, you know, right before you get to that but she or but he excuse you're making about why you were stank, but you know, she, oh, stop right there. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do what they did. Do what you did, right? I was tired. I was cranky. I hadn't eaten. My blood sugar was in the toilet. I'm not good when my blood sugar's in the toilet. And you're just flossing your spiritual teeth every day like you brush and floss. You're asking, where have I strayed from the me I know God wants me to be? And how can I get back at it? Well, I'm going to own it. I'm not going to make an excuse for it. I'm going to apologize for it and ask forgiveness. This is the requirement of teshuva, not get into the temple at Yom Kippur, but every single day, these rabbis are saying, we're making a return to God. Um, and, and so now I'm thinking about modern leaders like my favorite rabbi, well, one of them, uh, Danya Ruttenberg. Do you guys follow her? She wrote a really beautiful book about repair and repentance, and she is saying the same kind of thing that our life of wholeness or holiness in her book on repentance and repair, making amends in an unapologetic world, that this idea of being everyday repentors, everyday people on a journey of teshuva, of return to God, is what it means to be human on the planet. I love this. And when she talks about it, she's like specific and gives you some examples. And so one example that she gives of Teshuva done right is the Michigan health care system, who made a decision how to rethink how they deal with lawsuits when people die on the operating table or somebody gets sick on the operating table. She said instead of like giant, you know, um, insurance policies, they began to go visit the person's family as they were sick or as they were hurting and sit with the family and say, oh man, oh my God, this is terrible what has happened to your beloved. How can we make that better? And the make better part comes from the injured party. Not what you think is going to make it better, right? Um, but what they think is going to make it better. So they put this in practice. And not only has it saved the company money, which matters, but also it saved lives and it saved relationships. We together are owning that something broke here. We together are owning that we can fix it together. We are owning that this is what it looks like to fix it, and we're owning together what it looks like to change our ways. Are you all still with me? This morning I saw an article about a man who was accused of rape and spent 44 uh, uh, years in jail, and the folk who finally released him offered him $750,000 for his 44 years of unlawful imprisonment. That's not teshuva, just to say. Teshuva is what does it require for him to feel that the amends have been made. Well, he said that was $25 million, see? And then that's, that's what he did. That's what he got. Teshuva was restoring him in the way he thought restoration mattered. Yeah, with me? Danya also points out Lizzo's word of spaz in that poppin' song, Girls. You guys know that song, Girls? You know you know it. Anyway, evidently in the lyric, she calls somebody a spaz. Mm-hmm, right? And the disability community rose up like, no, dude, that's not helpful. And Lizzo apologized 
but not only apologized, took that version of the record off the market and re-recorded it. That's teshuva, right? Let me ask you a second to just think now. I'm talking and you're listening, but I want to ask you to just think for a minute about what it would be like, my loves, in your own life, your own life, to be in a process of teshuva all the time. Here's where I broke something. Here's a place where I injured someone, sinned against someone or God. Here's the conversation I might need to have in order to make amends with them. And here's what I would want to have. Just, so just take a minute. We're loud and talkative in here. But just take a minute. If you're online, take a minute. Close your eyes if you need to. And just see the place where this is most buzzing with you, resonating with you. Okay. Rabbi Danya says that this idea of teshuva doesn't mean we forgive everything. It doesn't mean everything can be repaired. And I just want to lay that down alongside this for a second. That in our cancel culture, some of us are like vibrating around so-and-so did so-and-so and then so-and-so canceled them and that's not fair. Danya says, sometimes you're not ready for teshuva from somebody. <laughs> you're not ready for repair from somebody. You're not ready. And it's okay to not be ready. And the one who has injured us has to give us a second, give us a chance, give us a minute to get ready to be ready. But our posture of repentance includes our own work, right? Of saying, I know I did that wrong. I know I messed up right there, and I'm going to treat, keep working at this until I can make it better. Does that make sense? So the first part of this text is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the reign of God, the realm of God has come nearby. Get ready for it. You know, get ready for it. Because you, we repent, because we get into a posture of teshuva, which makes us ready for what the kingdom has to give us. And then in the second part of the text, Jesus is passing along the Sea of Galilee. And what's he doing? He's calling these folks into relationship with him. He goes by the two brothers. He sees Simon and Andrew casting a net into the sea. A net, Julie, a net into the sea to grab the fish, right? And he says, come follow me. And when we're in seminary, this word gets a lot of energy immediately. Not after they thought about it for 10 weeks. Not after the Bible study. <laughs> Immediately, they leave their occupation behind and they follow Jesus. Then he walks by and he sees two more brothers. Like if you've been to Israel, if you go to, to, the, to, uh, to, to near Galilee, you'll see remnants of old communities where there were families and cousins and nephews and nieces sort of living in a compound, right? So imagine that maybe these brothers all knew each other because they kind of lived near each other. Jesus walks by now, and he calls James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And he says, y'all, come, come on, let's go. Follow me. And they leave their father in the boat 
and they leave their workers behind. These are not poor people, is what I'm trying to get at right here. These people got a vocation, they got an uh, occupation, they got some stuff and some tools, and they leave it all behind because Jesus says, come be with me. Why? Why do they do that? Like, they haven't gotten in the River Jordan and been baptized yet. They haven't converted yet. I don't even know where they were on their Teshuvah journey, to be honest with you, because the text doesn't tell us. But it does tell us that just a calling from Jesus makes them change their work pattern. Just a calling from Jesus makes them put down their occupation and pick up a new vocation of being fishermen for people. Now, you know, I listen to myself preach about Jesus, and I'm often, you know, to be honest, universalist, and Rabbi Jesus said so-and-so, and, you know, to be true, I don't care if you don't follow Jesus, and I, I don't care if you don't follow Jesus, but I follow Jesus, and I think it's important for me to just tell you today that this text resonates deep in my soul, deep in my soul, that there was a calling that I got as a little kid from Jesus. The first time I took communion, sitting next to my mom on the pew, and the little cups came by, and mommy said, these cups mean God will always love you. What? These cups mean God will always love me. This grape juice, this delicious Welsh's grape juice <laughs> means God's going to always love me. What the? I was so excited at eight years old. And the bread comes by, and it's that Hawaiian bread that you scoop out and put the dip in. You all know what I'm talking about. Cut up in teeny tiny delicious pieces for an eight-year-old girl. And I eat the bread, and it bursts in my mouth like honey. And I'm like... What is this? And mommy says, this means God will never leave you. What? This delicious honey bread and this amazing Welch's grape juice? Honey, I was called and smitten. <laughs> I want some of that forever, is what I thought. With my closet charismatic self. <laughs> How? I thought, can I get more of this? How can I get in this? I want the touch. I want the taste. I want the love. I want the joy. I want the forgiveness. And it was the beginning of a calling that has never left me something sweet about the name, something powerful about the voice, something impressive about the model, tangibly experienced in bread and wine. Grape juice. Wow. Think for a minute. Your own way, your own self. Quiet. Remember it. See it. Taste it. When did you have an encounter of the kingdom kind that made you know something special was happening? Take yourself. Can you feel it? Can you recall it? These moments 
the Kairos moment, when the Spirit of God breaks into your world and shows you that it's real, a touch from a loved one, the sounds of babies cooing, the songs sung, the drums played, the back line making you want to tap your foot, the face of the immigrant who is grateful for chicken, marching for the climate or against evil Supreme Court justices or for the value of black lives, sitting on a bridge, saying free Palestine or standing in a line of people saying two-state solution for everyone, these places and more, sitting in the hospital room the other day with one of our beloveds, the soft rising and falling of a chest when you know someone's making a transition to God is a holy moment. Watching y'all dance, a holy moment. Us on the pride float, a holy moment. These touch points, these times of connecting with our memory, our body memory, our spiritual memory of what it's like to know God is able and loves us always, we need to be in touch with those moments for the journey ahead of us. When we're saying yes, to the call of Jesus on our lives, when we're saying yes to put down an occupation and pick up a vocation, the vocation we're picking up is to be contagious about God's love, that we are sprinkling it around the world as we go, and we can sprinkle better what we remember, what we know. There's more grace in it. There's more space in it. There's no should in it. We don't should on people. It's don't you know God loves you? I know God loves me. And don't you know God's love is available to you? And then suddenly we have a whole movement of people sprinkling love in the world, saying this is the way we do it. Because, because in fact, this is the way we do it. Keep it going. An everyday practice of repentance. An everyday practice of flossing our spiritual teeth. Don't take no mess in your mouth around the world. Get it out. Say you're sorry. Apologize. Make repair. An everyday practice of sprinkling love along the way. Not judgment, love along the way. Not punishment, love along the way. Not love along the way. Not 
love along the way. Not criticism, love along the way. Not, not, you're not helping me. Not love along the way. Not love along the way. Love along the way. Love along the way. Love along the way. Cause this is how we do. Okay. Um, all right. So, hi, my name is Natalie. I'm here to join the movement. Um, and as you can see, this is a Prince Tambaraka, and an instrument that he invented. And I got it at Paisley Park about 45 days ago. Um, it was my birthday present to myself, and I love Prince. I love that man's voice when his lower register, and then when he goes in that falsetto, it's like a spiritual experience. Um, and the only other place that I experience regularly this spiritual experience from where the cells in my body are, are, are vibrating is at Middle Church. And... And... The music, Natalie, when you sang earlier, the gospel choir last week, um, the amazing music, it, it, I felt, I felt the, the spirit working with me at the cellular level. And that happens here on a regular basis. And last week, the, the gospel choir had to go outside and couldn't be here in the room with us because we don't have enough space. We need a building. And we need money to build a building. And Jackie was talking about teshuva and what it reminded me, and I don't know if this is teshuva, but, you know, sometimes I am sure that because I am white and we are all surrounded by whiteness because it's like the air that we can't see and that, but it, that we breathe, that I harm people and I don't even know it. And I know sometimes I can have really crazy thoughts, racist thoughts that enter my head that has been internalized form of whiteness. And the teshuva process for me when Jackie was talking was the awareness of that thought and a choice of is this who God calls me to be in that movement, moment and to make a decision to throw it out. Not to push it back down, but to get it out of my body. Because if I push it back down because of the shame, then that does no one good. I didn't realize the significance of that until I wasn't reminded until the significance of that recently when I was in a group talking about this with other white people at work. Because that's my sphere of activism. Um, I have the opportunity to play a leadership role in an allyship community where we talk about these, um, the isms and the thoughts and to build that internal awareness so people have a decision, a conscious decision to make a change about it. So you, Middle Church, are the place where I get my, it, where I get my fuel, my spiritual fuel to go and do that work. And it's, and it's this cycle that, that, is, that has a multiplier effect. And I come here and I get my fuel every week. And so I want you, I'm inviting you in to join the movement today, to come deeper. If you've been dating us a while, to come join the movement, you can go to the website, in, uh, middlechurch.org, and hit the join button. But, and we also need your, your gifts, your financial gifts, because we need a building. We don't want the gospel choir having to leave when they are part of this community and contribute so much to this community.
So I know that we, um, we uh, exceeded our year-end goal of 250000 and I think it was three hundred and ten, if I'm not mistaken. And that is awesome. And we have about six more months to go in this fiscal year, so I invite you to give. Think about the teshuva. Think about the, the magic that is here online and in this room every Sunday. You do it. I can't, I don't get the fuel, I don't get the medicine without you here. So, and, and, there's, and we give it to each other. So thank you very much for letting me speak and have a blessed day.
Dear God, thank you so much for these gifts. Thank you for this place, this community of people, of justice lovers, of people who are returning to the rock, who are being one another's rock as a representation of you for each other. Thank you for this place. Thank you for the spiritual fuel that we get every single Sunday. In your name we pray, amen. amen. Are y'all ready to sing in the balcony?
Yes. Thank you so much, everybody. This music was off the chain. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, choir. Thank you, band. Thank you, John. Um, we are all called into this movement of love and justice, all called to listen for the voice of Jesus saying, you, you, I got you something for you to do and responding, not out of guilt, not out of fear, but out of love. Remember the times you remembered the time, remember the time when you felt you knew this was what the voice, the feeling sounded like, and let that fuel your listening for the next time. Does that make sense? And let's make our whole life a practice of teshuva, turning again and again and again and again to the God who loves us. So, go in peace. Understand that this is how we do it. Thanks for listening, friends. To learn more about Middle Church, visit middlechurch.org. You can help grow this movement of love and justice by rating us on Apple or Spotify and by sharing this episode with a friend or two. Send us an email at info at middlechurch.org if you have any questions or comments. We hope you'll come back next week. Bye for now. <laughs>